We have a court system in America. It's supposed to be the best in the world. There, if there's a dispute or a case, you can go to the court. You, could, you can go before judges. And sometimes if you're not satisfied with what they say, you can appeal it. And you can continue. If, if possible, you can take it all the way to the Supreme Court. Sometimes the Supreme Court will hear a case. Sometimes they won't. But you've got that right. Well, Paul is an apostle of Jesus Christ. He lived under the Roman government. And he was a Roman citizen, which was a, really a big deal in those days. Most, most Jewish people were not Roman citizens. And so he was, and he had rights and privileges, and a citizen could appeal to Caesar. And what that meant is they said they wanted their case to be heard before the emperor of Rome. And you think, wow, out of all the people in that, they, and they would. Now, sometimes it might be years and years before you ever got to see him. But, if, but the ultimate goal was you would, you would get there. And so, uh, by the way, I read something also too. If, if you were a murderer or a pirate or a bandit, even if you're a Roman citizen, you did not have the right to appeal. So if you were a pirate, nope. You could say, I appeal to Caesar. No, doesn't work. So only, you know, you had to be sort of a good person. Anyway, this morning we're going to see Paul, and he appeals to Caesar. And, and why? What, what's going on? And so who is this? As we look at our passage, who is Festus? And who is Agrippa and Bernice? How do they fit together? We'll see that. If you remember, Paul has come to Jerusalem. Uh, he, he, they, he, they asked him if he would go with these four men who were doing a vow, go to the temple to show that he still you know, thought about the law and it was right. And But boy, they jumped on him in there and they said that he brought in a Gentile to the temple. He didn't. And then they had a trial and he stood before the Sanhedrin. And Felix basically said, I'll make a decision uh, about Paul and he left him in prison for two years. And here's the thing, it says, but after two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Porcus Festus, and wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. Now, for the two years, he left Paul in prison on purpose, and that was because the Jewish people wanted Paul in prison. And, and so uh, he had appealed to Caesar, they said, well, yeah, we'll get you there someday. And so this morning, we're going to see three things. We're going to see Paul goes before Festus. We're going to see Paul appeals to Caesar. And then we're going to see Paul before Agrippa. We'll see how all this ties together. Chapter 25, verse 1, it says, Festus then, he's now taken over, having arrived in the province three days later, went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. The Roman leaders did not stay in Jerusalem because they didn't want to. It was a hard place to rule. Jews were everywhere. The temple was there. Roman stuff was there. So a whole garrison of Romans were there. But the rulers mostly stood, went to Caesarea, Caesarea by the sea. And so that's, that's what they did. And so basically it says he decided he went, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea. And the chief priest and the people, they brought Paul. And they said, here's the charges against this man. And they, and, and, and they wanted you know, him to, to stand before him. And so what did, what did he do? Paul, they bring together the, the Sanhedrin and they bring them all in there. And Paul arrived, verse 7 of Acts 25. After Paul arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood there bringing many and serious charges which they couldn't prove. While Paul said in his own defense, he said, I have committed no offense either against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. He said, I've done nothing wrong. And so uh, Paul states that he's done nothing wrong. And, 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 and so they basically say, okay, what we'll do then, uh, we'll take you back to Jerusalem and let you be tried before the Jews. And Paul says, I've already done that. And there was no satisfaction. In fact, they tried to kill me. 
He said, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. He knew he'd never get a fair trial. He knew if he stood before the Jews, they would make up trials, you know, charges and everything. And these Roman rulers, they don't know. They don't know enough about the, you know, Judaism or Christianity or anything. They just didn't know. And so Paul actually says, if I'm a wrongdoer and I've, co- I've committed, if I've committed something worthy of death, then I don't refuse to die. But I'm not, I'm not going back. And so he says in verse 11, I appeal to Caesar. And look what he says. If I've done wrong and I've committed anything worthy of death, I don't refuse to die. But if none of these things is true of which these men accuse me, and it's not, no one can hand me over to them. I'm not going back to the Jews to be tried. I appeal to Caesar. And so uh, basically the emperor, uh, I'm not the emperor, but the, the Festus says, okay, you've appealed to Caesar. To Caesar, you shall go. And so it looks like, well, you think, Right then, he's going to go, but he's not. He's not going to go right then. It's going to be a little bit of time. And so uh, they continued to meet and talk and all these things. Now we're going to meet somebody new. And this man's name is Herod Agrippa II. We just put Agrippa. I'll give you, I should have put maybe even Agrippa II, but I want you to look at this. It says, now several days, several days that have passed, King Agrippa, now, there is a Roman ruler who rules part of the, the, that area. And then there's kings, and they're all descendants of King Herod. And they all had their areas, and they call themselves kings. And so this is King Agrippa II and Bernice, that's his sister, they arrive at Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. They've decided, since Festus has now taken over as the, as the, the ruler there for the Romans, they're going to come and represent and come and see them, and they want to pay the respects. So let's see who these people are. We all know who King Herod is. King Herod was the powerful one. He was a master builder. He built Masada. He built the temple in Jerusalem. He helped build the temple. He built all kinds of different places. He was an amazing person. And he's the one that when Jesus was born, that, uh, that he killed all the boy babies uh, in Bethlehem and the region two years old and under. This is the man. He was a very, he was a powerful man and a very evil man. When his sons got older, and he thought they might challenge his authority, he killed them. He killed at least three or four of his own sons when they got older. He pretended to be part Jewish. That's why he said, I can rule over the Jews, because he said, I'm Herod, king of the Jews. That's when they came and said, where's he the born king of the Jews? Herod said, wait a minute, I'm king of the Jews. He, he said that he was part Jewish, and... And so, let me say this. Remember, Jews don't eat what? They don't eat pork. So there was a saying at the time of Herod, it'd be better to be Herod's pig than to be his son. Because he wouldn't eat a pig, but he would kill his son. So, this is that Herod man, and there he is, he's bad. He had a son named Archibulus, and then Archibulus had a son named Herod Agrippa I. He is the one that, in the book of Acts, that he's the one that cut James's head off and put Peter in prison, and then, remember, the angel came at night and opened the door, and Peter got out and got his life. This is that man. This is his father. Now, Agrippa, Herod Agrippa I had a son named Herod Agrippa II, and this is the man coming to see Festus. Bernice is his sister, and there was some rumors that, that it was more than a brother-sister relationship. I mean, that's just, I'm just telling you, history, uh, they, they're all weird. I mean, just tell you, they're all weird. They are. Now, look at this. Bernice and, and Agrippa 
had another sister. Her name was Drusilla. Does that ring a bell? She was the wife of Felix. So they're all connected. And so these, these, they're all coming and they're going to meet and they want to know what's going on. And so here's what happened. While they were spending many days there, Festus laid Paul's case before the king saying, there is a man who was left as a prisoner by Felix. He said, there's this guy that's in prison. And, and what he's really saying is, I don't know what to do with him. I don't know enough about it. I just know that the Jews want to try him and he doesn't want to be tried by the Jews and he's appealed to Caesar. And what he's going to say, and we're not going to read it because it just takes too much time, but he actually says, listen, he wants to go to Caesar and if I'm going to send him to Caesar, I have to have charges against him. But I have no idea what to charge him. And he actually says, so how can I send him to Caesar if I don't know what he's done wrong? And so so Agrippa says, well, I'd like to look at it and see what's going on. And he says, good, you can help me out and tell me what's going on. That's going to be the plan. And so uh, he gives the background on the issue. And this is what I love. He, uh, Agrippa's being told by Festus. They simply had some points of a disagreement, the Jews and Paul. And they had points of a disagreement with their own religion. The Jews were arguing, and that's what, at this time, now I want you to understand, the Roman, emperor, uh, the Roman Empire does not make a distinction between Christianity and Judaism. They saw it as all one thing. It's not until a little bit later on that they begin to say, oh, so Jews and Christians are different. They believe differently. It, up to this point, it says, look, they have disagreements over their own religion and about a dead man, Jesus, who Paul asserted to be alive. So in the arguments, Paul says, Jesus died and rose again. He's alive. Paul was saying that. And by the way, isn't that our message? What is our message? What is the gospel? That Jesus died on the cross, paid for sin, and rose again? What is the uh, response? What is it? Believe. To believe. What is the offer? Eternal life. Believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. That's John 3, 16. And so Agrippa says, wait a minute, you're telling me you got this guy here. And you don't really know why he's in prison. He's been in prison for two years. And you don't really know. And he's appealed to Caesar. And you want to send him to Caesar. But you don't know what to write down about what he did wrong. And, and uh, Festus goes, that's right. I don't know what to do. And so notice this. Uh, Agrippa said to Festus, I'd like to hear. I would like to hear the man myself. Tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. So Festus says, yeah, okay, tomorrow you'll get to hear him. And this is, to me is amazing. So I want you to picture Paul. So Paul has been in prison for how long? Two years. Do you think it was a good prison or a bad prison? How many prisons are there that's good? You know, right? And so he's been in prison. There's no telling what he looks like. I mean, he's been in prison. Now, when he gets to Rome later on, he's going to have a, a rented house that he gets to live there. And so it's going to be a lot better for him for the next two years of prison. And, but now it's not. And so can you picture this guy named Paul, who is, we would say, one of the greatest people who ever lived. And there's going to be these people coming in, Herod Agrippa II and his, his sister and Festus, this Roman person, and they're going to come in. Look at, at verse 23. So the next day, this is of, to Acts 25. So the next day when Agrippa came together with Bernice with, amid great pomp 
and entered the auditorium accompanied by the commanders and the prominent men of the city at the command of Festus, and Paul was brought in. Can you picture this? Dun, dun, dun. They all come in, robes. They're going to sit down, and all these people are there. Bring in the prisoner. I mean, here's Paul. He probably has torn clothes. He's coming in. But let me show you something. These so-called kings are standing before one of the greatest men who ever lived. He's one of the greatest people who ever lived because he was willing when he saw Jesus Christ and believed in Christ. He said, my life is dedicated to serve Christ. I'll go anywhere, do anything. And, and remember if in 2 Corinthians he talked about in trouble by, by, in the woods, in trouble in the city, in trouble by warriors, in trouble by the floods, in trouble by the deep, it, it, night, night and the day in the deep, beaten by rods, beaten by sticks, beaten, you know. I mean, he, he went through it all for Jesus Christ and never let up. And if you remember in this, they told him, if you go to Jerusalem, what's going to happen to you? They're going to end up getting you somehow. And what does he say? Don't break my heart. I gotta go. I'm willing not only to be bound for Christ, but to die for him. So listen, these people that Paul is being judged by, they can't even hold a candle to him. He's one of the great men. So I like, they come in with all their robes and pomp. They're probably blowing trumpets and all these commanders come in there and all these leading men of the city that Festus brought in because he's the Roman ruler and everything's going on. And so Paul was brought in. You can see Paul coming in and going, what's the big deal all about? <laughs> what's the big deal? <laughs> I'm Paul. You know, I'm, I'm here. And so Paul gives his background and they, ask, they tell him he didn't get to speak. And he says this. He says, why, why is it considered incredible among you people if God does raise the dead? He's saying, what's the issue? The issue here is Jesus died and rose again. And why is this such a big issue to y'all that, that God would raise the dead? If you remember, the Jewish people basically divided into two big groups. The leaders, what were they? Pharisees and Sadducees. Sadducees did not believe what? They didn't believe in life after death or resurrection where the Pharisees did. And so, and, and if you even talk to the Romans, many of them would say, well, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you may what? You may die. It's over. And so a lot of them didn't believe in life after death. And so Paul says, why are y'all so, uh, it's, why is it considered incredible among you that God would raise the dead? Because he does. He raises the dead, and he talks about how Jesus died and rose again and was raised from the dead, and he talked about how in the early days he decided that he was going to persecute every one of these people of this new way, these, these so-called, and later they call Christians, but he said this new way, and on the road to Damascus, guess who he saw? The risen Savior. He saw Jesus Christ, and he said, on the, he's telling them, and he said, I said, who are you, Lord, who are you? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. He's saying, I saw him. He is alive. I don't know why y'all think it's such a bad and strange thing that, that God would raise the dead, but I saw him on the road to Damascus. That's what Paul is saying. And so then he gives the commission. And this is the thing we're going to look at briefly this morning. We'll touch on it next time. And then next time we will see what was the response of Agrippa II and Bernice and Festus when he told them. Have you ever, have you ever told somebody, listen, I want you to understand something, that one of, you know, Jesus Christ is God who became a person. And they go, what? And he died on the cross to pay for the sins of the whole world. What? And then he rose again conquering death. 
And then one of these days, he's going he's gonna to come get us and we're going to take go off the face of the earth. And you know what they say? You've lost your mind. That's exactly what Paul tells them. And you know exactly what they say to him? You've lost your mind. What we believe is supernatural and amazing. That God would love the world and send his son to die for us. And that the son of God, who is the eternal God, actually became a human being, which is beyond comprehension. How could the eternal, infinite God become a limited human being? He's called the God-man. There's one mediator between God and men. It is the man, Christ Jesus. That's who he is. So what was his message? And so uh, I want you to, to look at... Um, We are going over to chapter 26 because this is where he gets into his information. And here's what Paul says. I want you to, let's start back at verse 12 of Acts 26, verse 12. Uh, while so engaged as I was journeying to Damascus, he's saying, I was enraged against these believers. I was going after them. I was pursuing them even to foreign cities. And so I was journeying to Damascus. This is verse 12 of chapter 26. With the authority and the commission of the chief priest. He got writing that he could go to a foreign city. Damascus wasn't Israel. And if he could find any of the new way, he could arrest them, bring them back, and they could put them to death. That's his plan. He's been doing it at other places, but now he hears that there are the new, this new way, and they're in Damascus. So he's going after him. At midday, O king... This is King Agrippa II. See, Festus is not a king. Festus is a Roman ruler. So he says, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven. Now let me, let me remind you of something. Drusilla, the sister of these people, is Jewish. So Agrippa knew all about Judaism. He understood it. He understood about, about the, the message of a Messiah and the prophets. He did. Agrippa II did. In fact, out of all the Herods, let me just say this, the Herods were evil people as a family. The nicest one was Agrippa II. If you were going to have to hang around any Herod, it would be Agrippa II, that's a, the one you'd want to be with, because he's the nicest one. And he knows the Bible, and he knows Judaism, and he knows the prophets. You're going to see it, see it next week primarily, but look what happens. So he says, O king, listen, here's what happened. I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining all around me and those who were journeying with me. He said, we were all going together and, and, and at about noon, I saw this light that, is, that was even brighter than the sun. It, in fact, it outshone the sun. And when I had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in Hebrew, Saul, Saul, remember that's Paul's other name. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. Now, I'll just quickly remind you of what that meant. Paul is on the way, and he's persecuting anyone's following Jesus. But, of course, you know, uh, believers are found where? In Christ. And so if you're persecuting a believer, you're persecuting Christ. You understand that? And so that's why Jesus said to him, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul could say, I'm not persecuting you. I'm persecuting those people following you. And he says, if you're perse persecuting them, you're persecuting me. And then he says, isn't it hard for you to kick against the goads? Anybody know what a goad is? It's a stick with a point on it that you goad the animals and move them along. Get up, get up, go, get up there, cow. 
Go on up there, right? And what he's saying is, Paul, I've been sticking you all this time. When you saw Stephen die, I was sticking you. And I was saying to you, would you, do you understand why he died? Do you understand who I am? Do you understand this message? Do you understand these people you're going after? And he's saying to Paul, I've been convicting you all this time. Let me tell you what I think, Paul. And I've, I've studied the life of Paul. This is not detailed. This is just touching on it. I've studied Paul pretty deep. And what I really think happened was that Paul, when he saw Stephen die, he held the coats of the men and he saw Stephen die. Before that, he was in a meeting with Stephen and Stephen and the power of the Holy Spirit, they were all arguing with Stephen and the Bible says that, that they could not even touch Stephen. He just, shown, he just told them the truth from the Bible and it confused them all and they couldn't stop him. And so when Stephen died, Paul was holding their coats and he saw Stephen say, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them, Lord. And he probably said, would I die for the law the way he died for Jesus? And Paul would say, I don't think I would. And I think all along, as Paul is persecuting, as Paul doing this, God is getting him. And so Jesus says to him, isn't it hard for you to kick against the goads? I've been punching you. I've been punching you all this time. And so what happens? And he said, well, who are you? And the Lord said, what does he say there? I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. What was the message that Paul had heard? That Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah, who died and rose again. And there he is with Paul. And you could see Paul say, this is real. He's real. He's alive. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. I think right there, Paul believed in Jesus as the Savior, as the Messiah, getting eternal life. That's what I think happened. So look what happened. So he said, who are you, Lord? And uh, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. And then watch what he does. Get up, stand on your feet. For this purpose, I have appeared to you. Now, I want you to understand something. Paul's already a believer. He's already believed in Christ. He's already believed that Jesus is the Messiah because he now sees he's alive and everything he ever heard about Jesus is true. So Jesus says, I got something for you to do. Stand up. For this purpose, I have appeared to you. I'm appointing you a minister and a witness. Not only the things you have seen, that's me, but also the things in which I will appear to you. I got more things for you. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you. Now, I want you to see this thing, but think about this. Do you realize that he's appointed all of us? In the same way? He says, guess what? You've believed in me. I got something for you to do. Stand up. Get going. You're going to take the gospel message. You're going to make disciples. You're going to go into this community and this world, and you're going to tell people about Jesus, and they're going to trust Christ. And they're going to believe in him for eternal. And then you're going to train them and equip them to do the same thing. That's your job, right? Whose job is that? It's, whose job is it? Every one of us in this room. Now, I don't think I do a very good job of it, but we should, shouldn't we? And so he says to Paul, get up. I've got something for you to do. And here it is, verse 17. He, gives, he says, I'm going to rescue you from the Jewish people. Did he? They tried to kill him in the, they tried to kill him in a bunch of places. Remember at Lister, they stoned him? 
I think they killed him and God raised him right up from the dead. Rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you. I'm sending you to the Gentiles. And here's what he says. And look at this right here. I want you, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified. How? By faith in me. Whoever believes in Jesus, he says, is going to go from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God, and they will receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance and all by faith. Look at this. From darkness to light, from the fallen world to life in Christ. We were dead in sin. We're now what? Alive in Christ. We were in darkness. Where are we now? We're in the light. In fact, we're to be children of light. He says, do all things without grumbling and complaining. You may prove yourself to be innocent and blameless children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine as lights in the world. You're going to be the light. You know, we say, Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah, he said, yeah, I'm the light of the world, but you are too. You reflect my light. That's what we do. And then, from Satan to God. Satan, no longer a child of the devil. Do you realize that unbelievers are children of the devil? In John 6... He says, you are children of your father, the liar. He's talking to unbelievers. Now, I would not go up to an unbeliever and say, by the way, you know, you're a child of the devil. I wouldn't do that to start with. But, but it's true. And, 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 but we have become children of God. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who what? Believe in his name. Children of God. And by faith, they get forgiveness and an inheritance. An inheritance. Wow. What a message. He tells those guys. And then I love, I'm going to end it with this in verse 19. After he told that, he said, so King Agrippa, remember he's talking to Agrippa. He's talked to Festus already. He's talking to Agrippa now. And he says, so King Agrippa, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. I did what God told me to do. When Paul stands before Jesus Christ, What's Jesus going to say to him? You know what Paul said? I've run the race. I've fought the fight. I've kept the course. I'm ready to be poured out as a drink offering. He says, I'm ready to die. You think Paul said, when I stand there, I'm going to go, sorry, I didn't do what you told me. No, he's going to say, Lord, did I not do what you told me? Exactly. What do we want to hear him say when we stand before him? That's what we want to hear. What are you going to have to do to do that? What are we going to have to do to hear that? And we just can't sit around. What did he tell Paul? Get up. And get going. I got something for you to do. What about us? Get up and get going. He's got something for us to do. Wow. So King Agrippa, I, I did not prove disobedient to the heavenly vision. And he goes on and he starts talking and he does all this stuff. And he talks talking about the past. And, and let's go ahead and read this just for fun. He starts talking about all these things in verse 24. While Paul was saying this in his defense, Festus said in a loud voice, Paul, you're out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you crazy. That's Festus. He'd been talking to who? Agrippa. Because he knows King Agrippa understands Judaism. He understands the law. He understands the prophets. And so he's been talking to Agrippa. But Festus goes, I, I think you've lost your mind. This great learning that you have is driving you crazy. Paul said, no, 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 no. Applications. Let's understand believers can use the legal system of the government. By the way, we can as long as it lasts. 
But guess what? You got the right, you got free speech. You can say whatever you want to say. It's not misinformation. There may come a time when we stand up and say, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and it'll be hate speech. It's already going to get close to that now. Because we say that Jesus is the only way, because that's what Jesus said. And we believe that he's the only way. But some people would say, if you say that, you are being hateful. So it's coming, unless something changes. Let's understand Paul's commission. He was to go to the Gentiles, and when they believe, they move from darkness to light, from Satan to God, and they receive forgiveness and inheritance. So let's, let us fulfill our commission. What is our commission? What is our commission? Make disciples. What does that involve? Evangelism and training. I pray for, pray for me, and I'll pray for you, that as we go out these doors, we'll realize that in the same way that God called Paul and said, I have a particular ministry for you, every one of us are at a certain place, certain time, every day, this life, he has something for us. And what he says is, I want you to make disciples. I want you to be witnesses of me. I want you to tell people about the reconciliation, how they can have eternal life.